Listening to the Common Fan Podcast, a Husker football podcast for the common fan by the common fan. Welcome back, fellow common fans. This is our first time recording since the Iowa game recap, and we are bouncing back like all good Nebraska fans to embrace the offseason. It is transfer portal season, recruiting season, college football playoff controversy season. And before we know it, there will be winter workouts, spring football, and by the middle of 2024, we'll all have talked ourselves into the Huskers winning the new Big Ten. I am TJ Burkle alongside Matty Owens Sr. and Geoff in Lincoln, and we are joined by a very special guest today. He has been at the Omaha World Herald since 1991. As stated on the World Herald website, he's covered just about anything you can imagine, He's the author of multiple books, and some might say at the present moment, he is the godfather of the Nebraska media press or the Nebraska press corps. It is truly an honor to have Tom Chattel as our guest today. Tom, thanks so much for joining the Common Fans. Hey, this is fun. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's it's an honor. It's an honor to have you. So do things slow down for you once football season ends? Like, do you get a little break here or do you just go from one thing to the next? No, we uh, we got volleyball this week. Uh, we had uh, Creighton Nebraska basketball last week, and um, you know I, I do a lot of Creighton stuff. Uh, of course, the Creighton fans would 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 say I, I don't do nearly enough, but um, <laughs> yeah, it just goes one thing goes in, one thing goes into the other, and um, you know it's I, I I don't I'm the one person on the staff who doesn't have an off season, so. And that's fine. I I, I really uh, enjoy going for, from one to the other. So um, I guess you could say the spring is a little bit of an off season, but um, yeah, it's great. I, I love being busy. I love writing. Job yeah. security. Sounds like fun. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, Tom, before we want to get into a bunch of Husker football stuff with you, but before we go too far, uh, I don't know if you remember this. This is we're over 20 years ago. Uh, but it was a highlight of my senior year of high school. We were all 2001 Pius guys. And uh, one of your highlights uh, recapping the 2001 state basketball tournament was the Pius X co-ed kick line. Um, we did had a few of us guys, Jeff and I were included in that, um, did a little uh, dance number with the drill team. And uh, we, I think it was in Tom's takes or something like that. We got a little shout out from Tom Chattel. And oh, uh, TJ, TJ wasn't part of it. He was on the basketball team that was <laughs> losing to Alliance and Tony Wilbrand. But uh, yeah, that's, that's one yeah. of Jeff and I's claims to fame is we got a little shout out from you. So we Absolutely. appreciate it. Yeah, I don't I don't remember it, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, a long time listen, ago, Tom. Yeah. Listen, I'm glad I'm glad that was such an enjoyable experience for you guys. I was uh, getting my ass kicked by Alliance that night, but uh, I was on the, the actual team that played the game. But uh, no, that was uh, that was definitely a highlight for the for the pie high crew from 2001. Um, sure. So pivoting to Husker football, Tom, um, you said in your column after the Iowa game, I'll quote you here, uh, uh, quote, you may not want to hear it now, but this was a good year for Nebraska. The infrastructure of the program needed to be rebuilt, the work ethic, the expectations, how they do things on a daily basis. 
And then he went on to say, this team plays hard and physical more so than it has in a long time. And you had one of the top defenses in the Big Ten. Special teams were better. That's a good start. There's a lot of work still to be done, unquote. Um, I think we've shared a lot of similar statements on this podcast in that, you know, we see yep. tangible signs of progress. We, we believe in Matt Rule, but boy, it's hard to swallow losing four in a row, you know, to end the season, missing a bowl game once again. Um, in your opinion, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down, was this a successful year for the Huskers? Yeah, I think it was, but I don't think we'll know just how good it was until next season. Um, because a lot of things, they laid the groundwork for, for the future this year. And that's what it was always going to be. Um, I, I, I wrote earlier this, and I've been, I've been really fascinated by this whole thing. And I've never seen the program get built up. We've always had, um, okay, here, here comes Bill Callahan. He's going to do, he, he wasn't building. He was trying to, he was trying to win with, his offense and then he brought players in and and then you had Polini. I mean, on and on, nobody built, tried to build the program um, to, to where that they were, they were, they were fundamentally sound. They had an offensive line. They, I think, I, 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 I think probably Bo had the, the best approach, um, but it was never going to get over the hump. And it, it had had cracks in the foundation by the end of his uh, regime, uh, his end of his era. They were barely winning nine. They were they, they were had losses that were really uh, really big. So I, I just think it's fascinating to watch. This is what Bob Devaney did in some ways. Now will it be like Devaney? Probably not. I don't know. Yeah, but. It's just fun to watch um, them go back to the basics, and it's it's, it's like building a house. And I, I I I I I wasn't a house; it was a I guess it was a townhouse or a condo or a duplex. It was a duplex, I guess. I had one of those built many years ago, and I always drove by every day to see if there was progress. And and sure enough, there's never progress. Those guys don't work every day. <laughs> and and the 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 builder you you get you can't get hold of the guy, yep. and it just it seems to just take forever, and they they can't get electricians and they can't get this and they can't get that, so it's supposed to be on time but it's not, and it's frustrating. But I, I kind of compared I kind of compared this to that, and that everybody's watching these guys build every week, and they want progress. But I think I think we got some, but. Yeah, they didn't beat Iowa. They didn't beat Wisconsin. The last four games were right there. Uh, a lot of people are still going to measure Nebraska football by the record, and, and as they should. Sure. But we've got to be honest with ourselves here. You know, the reality is there's a lot of problems. This program has has been doing a lot of things wrong and, and, and uh, needed to be built from the bottom up. Um, so that there was that part of the season where I was watching the progress and every Monday press conference, we'd get an update from the builder, Matt Rule. Here's where we are. Here's what we're trying to teach these guys this week. I just found that fascinating. The other part of the, se of the season was the, the winning and losing. 
and I try to be nice about this and because these guys are trying hard. Um, they didn't have a lot of talent. They offensively they didn't didn't then they didn't have any playmakers. Um the quarterbacks just, just weren't very good. And uh the running backs were okay. Uh receivers didn't have a lot of them. Offensive line played better, but they they, they need people, they need speed, they need guys, they need dudes. There's a, that's the, the latest term in college sports. Uh, dudes. dudes, you yep. know, guys that <laughs> play. And Nebraska always had dudes, right? Yep. And they they stopped getting dudes. Um, <laughs> All except studs as well. Studs yeah, is a good so one. I, yeah. I just think it's it's um, you got to lay the foundation. You, you got to pour the, the cement of the concrete and, um, and and kind of build up. I think that's what they've been doing. Um, but it can go pretty fast, you know. And, I, and you know, I've, I've seen – some of these were the first coach, the, the first year coach came in and everything clicked and they won big um, with other guys' players. Um, but in this case, didn't have a lot of players. <laughs> so, yeah. it was, I mean, you're trying, you know, I love Harburg, but he, he's not very accurate. Um, and uh, he, he, he's such a gamer and a warrior. He's a guy that you can really, you know, cheer for. Um, they got as much out of him as they could uh, running the ball. I thought that was a smart move. In the middle of the season, I, I got him three straight wins, um, putting the ball in his hands and letting him run. And he had a couple passes. But, you know, they just, on offense, they've just been trying to get by every week and uh, without a lot of playmakers. And um, But the defense was a big reason for that. And they didn't yeah. have a lot of great dudes on defense either, but they had enough. But what I was interested in is um, Ty Robinson came to Nebraska as a dude, as a uh, a big-time player, and hadn't really matched uh, what he was supposed to be. But he did this year. Yeah. They, he got coached up and um, in the right defense. Um, that defense is should give everybody hope. And I think that's going to happen on offense. Um I'm not sold on Satterfield, but he didn't have a lot to work with. So, so anyway. Um, Tom, that kind of brings me to a question I had for you. And that's a great analogy about the builder. The only thing is, is that we have instant access to Matt Rule. But in my experience, I can never get a builder or a contractor on the phone to save my life. <laughs> Agree. Um, but in regards to the offense, I mean, obviously they've left a lot to be desired. Um, whether you want to argue that, you know, Marcus Satterfield might not be the guy or obviously a change in quarterback in the offensive line. Do you have any idea or your thoughts on what you think Matt Rule's vision or almost identity is for this offense long-term, give or yeah. take? Yeah, you know, he keeps saying he wants to run the ball and be a power-based offensive line and 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 really control the game that way. Everybody's ears perked up. That's Everybody applauded, and that's what we want to see. I just don't think they had the running backs or the line to do that. This, um, and I, I think he was trying to feel out the Big Ten. Okay, I think he got a good glimpse of what you need to do. Uh, it'd be harder to do than just you know saying it. So, um, I so that's what we we want to see going forward. Okay, when you get the players, will you be this guy that you say you're going to be? You're going to run the ball. So, 
think Satterfield is a throw the ball guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying he's Bill Callahan or anything, but he's going to throw it. And um, that Maryland game, I still, you, you know, Rule said he told Satterfield beginning of the drive with Chubba in there, go win the game. And um, I think that's great, but I think you can build the program and, and manage wins at the same time. That's the thing. Okay, we're trying to teach our players to go for it. Well, going for it can also be running the ball and, and setting up a field goal and, and, and then taking your chances going to overtime. I mean, at some point, you owe your players and you owe your fans victory. And um, it, that has to take a place next to, okay, we're always attacking, we're building a mentality here. Well, yeah. the mentality has to be, we're also trying to win the game. So, um, you know, it, it's hard to blame the players. You know, Chubba did what he thought was he threw the pass where the ball was going to be, where he thought the receiver was going to be, and the receiver wasn't there. They're still learning how to run the routes and 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 do the rubs and all this stuff. And it got that the, the Maryland guy made a good play, and it's just frustrating. But um, <laughs> no, you're a oh, gosh, we Tom, we talked about that multiple times. Where I, I couldn't stand the argument of well. You know, we appreciate that he went to go win the game, kicking the field goal and putting your excellent defense on the field with the lead with under four minutes to go is trying to win the game, you know, especially when you have first and first and goal at the five. So we, I mean, we, oh, just that, uh, that one gets the blood flowing. That, so that, yeah. that kind of, that actually brings up an interesting question. You know, you, you, you said it, coach rule has talked about, you know, he wants to win the fourth quarter. He wants to be a run first team. He's picked coach Osborne's brain. He you know, wants to learn how to, you know, focus on winning games in the Midwest in November when it's cold and windy and rainy. Do you think like, I agree with, we agree with you. I mean, it never felt like there was much of a flow. One series, Emmett Johnson would pop a few runs and look good. And then suddenly one of the, whoever's playing quarterback is doing three straight dropbacks or something. Do you think the $1.4 million man, Marcus Satterfield is aligned with where coach rule is? Um, or do you like, what, what, what do you think is the disconnect there? Yeah. I, I really cut him a break this year because he didn't have the players, but you're right. And and we all noticed that with, if things are working, don't go away from them. That's college football. That's just basic college football. Um, that I'm going to run this play until you, until you prove you can stop it. I mean, that, that's how Tom Osborne won uh, a lot of those 255. Um, <laughs> people couldn't stop it. You know, the, the, the old Barry Switzer line, they said, well, you know, somebody accused him of spying on Nebraska. And he said, spying? Well, why would I spy on them? I know what they're going to run every play. I just can't <laughs> stop it. And that's how the Big Eight felt about Nebraska. They couldn't stop it. Well, that's <laughs> what the Big Ten is like that, too, but it's um, yeah. It's just I'm so tired of these. Every offensive coordinator I've ever seen has to be the smartest guy in the room, and the, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna show him how smart I am, and I'm gonna show him I'm gonna keep him off off balance, and you know they they think I'm gonna run it, but I'm gonna throw it. You know, well, it drives me nuts. So, um, that's what we had this year, and I I so I'm giving him a break. But I'm worried a little bit that it's not going to be, 
we're going to pound it all the time. We, we've got this, you know, but you know what? Um, if they get the, the the quarterbacks and receivers in there who can do it, maybe Daniel Kalen's that kind of guy. Maybe they go find one. Maybe they start completing passes. Maybe we're not as upset. <laughs> maybe <laughs> we did. If right. they we score touchdowns on the air and, and they win games, okay. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I guess I can live with that. But um, it's just hard this year because they didn't have the players. And when things were working, you wanted them, you wanted them to stick with it. Right. We had uh, we had former Husker Matt Verzal on with us for our our game recap. Was that Michigan State guys or Maryland? yeah yeah it was Michigan State. State. Mm-hmm. And he made this. He said every offensive coordinator wants to show how big their brain is, and yes. uh, and so we said if we ever yeah, if we not- ever get co- if we ever get common fan podcast T shirts, the first one is going to say "Don't go big brained, just just run the ball." <laughs> yep. Yeah, I I remember you remember our, our, our old buddy Sean Watson. Uh, years ago with Callahan and, and early years of Bo, I remember him telling me one time that the, the the sort of formula he went with on uh, calling plays was uh, the the game Where's Waldo? And you basically, you, you know, the defense, you know, you, you find the you, you find the open man, you you find the open guy. You know, they can't cover everybody. You set the plays up so somebody's always open, and then you got to find that guy. And I was just shaking my head, going, "I'll tell you where uh, Waldo is. He's he's that big fullback you got, or he's <laughs> that, his name is Mike Rogier or Ron Green or or uh, you know Kenny Clark, and he's coming at you with two hundred pounds of uh, you know muscle uh, and and um, you know uh, and." I just love my favorite one of my all-time favorite stories was the '94 K-State game, where in Manhattan, this is the year K-State fans think they're going to get them, and uh, you know Matt Terman is the quarterback and the Terminator Lawrence Phillips has got a bad thumb. Of course, that you know it didn't mean he still couldn't run, but an offensive line down down there basically told the team in the locker room, "We got it." And then not only did they say we got it, but uh, Zach Wieger, my all-time favorite move, is um, telling the K-State players what's coming. He, he goes, <laughs> we're, we're, we're running over here. We're, we're coming this way. And they're, they're like, are you kidding me? And then they finally figured out he was telling the truth. <laughs> they still couldn't stop it. They, and that's the ultimate to me. Was it, I'm telling you where it's going, and I'm daring you to stop it. And they couldn't do it. No, and I just love that. And that—that's Nebraska offense to me. You know, we know where we're going. You know where we're going. You can't do anything about it. Right. Try and stop it. Love yep. that. Well, Tom, we uh, we quoted you after the Maryland game as saying Coach Rule was was going to need to re reevaluate, you know, his offensive scheme, his offensive staff in the off season. Um, it's clear the one point one point four million dollar man uh, Marcus Satterfield isn't going anywhere. Uh, but what are some other possible shakeups that we might see on the offensive side? Is there going to be any changes there? I just think players they got to get they got to get. Um, I think the offensive line could could grow and be better. Another year of the same offensive line coach and scheme has to help. 
Uh, continuity is so important on offense. It's just so important. And, um, you know, getting guys who can, you know, hold on to the ball and not throw interceptions. Yeah. And um, people have said, you know, well, that's coaching. And I say, at some point, yeah, but every coach coaches his players to not turn it over. They all do the same things. To me, turnovers is talent. It's players. And they're not trying to turn it over. Some guys just don't hold on to the ball. They don't take care of it. Um, you know, how many times did you ever see – it might be a bad example, but how many times do you ever remember Tommy Frazier throwing an interception or Crouch yeah. or um, Zach or Taylor? Yeah. You know, my favorite guy, maybe Joe Gans. I mean, I love Joe Gans. Um, took care of the ball yeah. and got it where it was supposed to go. And uh, that's what they need. They need guys – they need more talent and they need better players who will you know, better players have a way of scoring touchdowns, not making turnovers. Now that isn't always true, but most of the time it is. And so right now, I don't think he's going to change any assistance. I think he's going to keep it a year. Now maybe in January things will show differently, but I think he's going to give it another year. Um, and he said that a couple of times when it was brought up this season, you know, I'm not going to, you know, change my coordinator. You know, I'm not going to just throw it away after one year. And um, this is a guy who builds and develops. And part of developing is being patient and waiting to see what happens, you know, okay. Is it, expecting it to improve. So I think that's how he treats his staff too. Now we'll see, um, you know, is Rayola the guy? Um they weren't better. They got to get better. Um, you know, Garrett McGuire, what's his deal? I mean, the receivers weren't a big factor, but they got the young guys coming up. They got better. So is yeah. he going to get better? Is that, is that position going to get better? Um, I'd like to see Thomas Fedoni get involved more. I don't know if yes. that was quarterback didn't see him or because the defense took him away. So, um I was encouraged by Chuba. I really was. I really thought when he wasn't running for his life in the Iowa defensive line, um, I thought he he played pretty well the last couple of games. Um, he's got a little something there that he 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 sees it and and he sees something open and he, he can make a play. But we got to see some more there. And uh, that last interception was uh, he's got a learn you know not to do that and um so i don't know um i think we'll see the same staff it'll be interesting if, if i'm waiting to see the the portal uh do they get another running back they're going to get the two guys back from my who got hurt irvin and ramir i think that they could still get a, a better running back um a higher level guy and uh and then use them <laughs> <laughs> right, right. hanging onto the ball, <laughs> right. but um, you know, receivers is there another guy out there? Quarterback, what are they going to do? I just talked with uh, Will Howard at K State, um, who's a solid guy, yeah. and and isn't gonna isn't gonna turn it over too much, um, if, if at all. So, I think it'll be players right now, but I think coaches after next season. So, okay, well, thinking about uh, 
Satterfield coming back for another year is, is fodder for post or uh, off season nightmares for Husker fans, but transitioning to the <laughs> other side of the ball, uh, the Huskers end the year at number 13 nationally in total defense, number 16 in scoring defense, number seven in rushing defense. We could go on and on hearing these stats is like Marvin Gaye for Husker fans. How does Tony white show up in year one and turn this unit into the best Husker defense we've seen in probably over a decade. He's good. He's real <laughs> good. And um, he got those guys. I mean, this, the, the level of attention to detail. I mean, I don't remember too many times them getting beat one-on-one. I mean, on, on, on the edge, when it came to the guy you know, throwing a pass or somebody breaking and free in the open, they, they, usually, they usually brought the man down. And that's, Kind of how I view defense. You know, are you are you are you pursuing the ball, and are you are you bringing the man down? And um, they did both of that. They were just relentless, um, and um, it just seemed like they never took a play off. They were always going after the ball, and they're not just a couple of guys, but four, five, or six guys were after that ball. And so that that's coaching, but defense is pretty easy you know again your, your job is to go find the beat your man to go find the ball and 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 bring it down and um there were a few breakdowns um you know wisconsin hit some passes um maryland hit some passes that's gonna happen um i felt like they needed to um Sack the Maryland quarterback whose name I can't pronounce. I apologize. I can't pronounce his brother's <laughs> name. But um, they, they needed the growing. He got sacked the week before several times. And I thought Nebraska was going to get him. They, they really didn't. So, uh, so they, they weren't perfect. But they were there every week pretty much. And um, I just think it's um, it's, it's coaching. It's, 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 uh, it's technique. But – the um, it's also, you know, let's be a talent too. I mean, the the polar bear and Ty Robinson were men this year, and um, mm -hmm. hadn't really seen a lot of that. And just for them to break out, you know, it's like I said, sometimes a first year coach, first year coordinator, some things click. Well, they definitely clicked on defense, yeah. Uh, to your point too, like I don't know what you you know about the inner workings of the university and how compensation is divvied up, but you know, you got to throw as much money as you can at Tony White. And obviously he's getting a raise, but is there any way we can siphon some of those dollars from Satterfield's salary to Tony White to compensate <laughs> him further well, to keep yeah. him as long as we can? Is that allowed? I'm just not sure I, how that works. Well, I don't either. <laughs> I mean, I think they've got they've got enough money to pay those guys each two million a year if they wanted to, but um I don't really care about money. I don't worry about it. I don't, you know, the, to me, it's just, it's just funny money. I, that's more money than I'll ever see. Right. And, and, and it's just, it's what they'd get. Those guys don't really ask for it. I mean, coaches, whether it's basketball or football or anybody, and, and these guys walk around in sweats. They walk around in sweats. They wear the yep. official logo, uh, golf shirt. Uh, or jacket, which they get for free. <clears throat> they, they most of them uh, drive a car that they get for free. Uh, the head coaches 
usually live in a house that somebody bought for them. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's they don't need they get all this money, but that they I I never see anybody spend it. You know, I don't know right. so, um they're they're just there to coach. And of course they their agents their agents love to make money for them. You know, that's there's no question about that. But both these guys are just ball coaches who just want to coach. So I don't really worry about the money part of it. But um but yeah, you gotta I, I thought that we, with White, I don't think White is about money. He's mm-hmm. he must be a head coach. Yeah. And I think if San Diego State had offered him or Syracuse had offered him, well, he was gonna go because he wanted to be a head coach. It wasn't about money. So of course he would have got paid more. But uh, you know, USC made a run at him and for coordinator. And you know, he might have seen that as a better opportunity, uh maybe a year or two ago. Right now, I think USC is kind of radioactive. And uh, yes, yes. I, I think Lincoln Riley is radioactive. I don't think their their new AD is very amused by the way he handles things. Um, you know, uh, the USC head coach has, has to be a certain type of coach. Um, they have to embrace the Hollywood, the lights, the big city. And, yep. and be, they, he has to be a, a certain character in that in that uh, sports town, and uh, you, you you know you can't shun the media, you can't do all these all these weird things. So um, I think that's a place where that might be a the, the job might be open on the earth. So um, yeah. maybe that wasn't the place he wanted to go. But so I don't really think Tony White's chasing money. I think he's yeah. he's looking at opportunities, and you know let's fa- let's face it, they didn't go to a bowl game this year. They did a nice job, but. Yeah. Yeah, he's not true too. He's a lot. He's a lot more, more, more marketable. If Nebraska goes to bowl game, the lights can be shining bright on Rule and his staff. So yeah. that that yeah. could happen next year. It should happen next year. It should. Right. You mentioned oh, it, sweats. It, oh, sorry, Matt. I was just going to say you mentioned sweats. Uh, I long for the days of a coach just wearing a nice suit and tie on the sidelines. You're probably old school like that, Tom. I miss those days. I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, I haven't seen many of those guys lately. Um, <laughs> I always love the some of the SEC coaches used to wear the the the, the bold stripe ties with the, the school colors and right. have a yep. baseball hat with a tie. I never understood <laughs> that, but um, that was sort of the SEC thing. Yeah, uh, you know, Bob Devaney was kind of a fashion plate guy. You, the nice uh, camel overcoat and the tie and coat and the little hat that I love those hats. I wish they still sold those red oh, the, hats with the, the feather. The fedora, um, yeah. You know, yeah, the fedora. So um and then Tom Tom came along and Tom's hat was the the um the headphones with, with the Osborne. <laughs> yep. That was, oh, yeah. Um I can't remember what they used iconic to look called the 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 little piece of tape with his name on it. There's a certain had a certain name to the the kind of tape, but it was Osborne on that head, headset. So you know, it's uh, and he was wearing the red pants. Uh, people used to love the red pants. So um, yeah, I, I miss that a little bit, but um, you know, it's um, yeah. So people, you know, other writers used to make fun of uh, Bo Pelini. He said he was like a truck driver. And so no offense to truck drivers out there. I love you guys. Just don't, don't run me off the road. But he looked like you know, he has this hat that was pulled down and a gray sweatshirt. So 
Um, that was Bo, but um, I got I got some Bo stories too if you want them. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I think I think I think Matt Matt has a quick question for you, and then yes, yep. I would love some. I would love a Bo story. Love them. Yep. yep. Um, Tom, we kind of mentioned that, um, uh, especially on the defense, so we had pretty good amount of success without the dudes or or to quote Barry Switzer, the Jimmies and the Joes. Um, you know, we didn't have a, a Sue or a Levante David, like a multi-year Pro Bowl type guys. But you know, you mentioned the emergence of of Ty Robinson and 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 Nash, the Polar Bear, um, and those guys turning into kind of elite, really, uh, defensive linemen. Um, I would, you know, I'm a defensive lineman, you know, by heart, um, and um, I love those guys. Um, they can make or break your defense. So I, you know, for me, having Tony White back is huge, but almost uh, to me, almost as equally important as having those two guys coming back and anchoring that defense. Um, I mean, do you kind of feel the same way that having those two guys kind of have the year that they had and having them returning and, and arguably, you know, I'd even say they might be our best shot at having, you know, a top three, four round draft pick here in the next couple of years. I don't think there's anybody from this year's team that's going to go that high, but those two guys might. Yeah, I, 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 when I was at the press conference when Ty Robinson came in and announced he was coming back, um, my mind immediately went back to 1990, uh, end of 96, 97. Yes. When uh, Grant Wistrom and Jason Peter both said, we're coming back. They did it together. They did it as a team, sort of a two-man. They were good friends, and they did it. They made it a statement that uh, – Sort of like this is going to be our team. We're we're, we're back and we've got unfinished business, and it was, it was a very powerful thing. Now I'm not comparing Ty to to, to Grant or Jason, but he's certainly of that caliber. Uh, he really is. Um, and somebody else made the comment when I made that comment. Well, it's a little bit like uh, Adama and Sue after the 08 season. I remember. Um, they, 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 the uh, Nebraska beat Clemson and Dabo in the the the, the Gator Bowl, and um, that was a Joe Gann special with uh, Nate Swift and Todd Peterson. Um, yeah. Whatever happened to guys like that? I love those guys. Yeah. Um, but I remember going back to the Marriott that night, and um, I saw. I mean, the 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 team spent an extra night. Somehow I got into the team hotel. It was like a resort with a golf course. Uh, I, I always tried to scan my way into whatever I could, but um, <laughs> but we we're down at the in the lobby uh, the, after the game, and it's like ten thirty or eleven. And here comes Sue and one another player, and they sat with uh, uh, Bo and Carl Polini for a while. I'm sure they were talking about next year, but it was just interesting that. You know, again, I would never, I'm not going to compare Ty to Dominican Sue, but again, he's that, he's an all American caliber guy, whoever you want to compare him to. So, yes, I think this is a big, big deal that he and uh, Nash, I can't call him the bear for him. He has to, he does have a name, but I'd like <laughs> the bear name better. But, uh, you know, those two guys are that's incredibly big, and they don't have the cachet yet, but they think they can. But having those kind of leaders and that kind of statement, and 
I know the portals just opened up, but I didn't see a bunch of guys rushing out from, from Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. see anybody yeah. rushing out. One guy jumped in yesterday. Now there may be more, but I think this is a place where people are going to want to be for a while. And that was going to be interesting to me was, okay, Matt Rule wants to build a culture and a place where people want to stay. Well, in this day and age, nobody wants to stay. They all want to leave. Um, can he get guys to stay? And, um, you know, it, um, you know, I know, I know you don't want to hear the name Creighton, but no. Rule was trying to build, <laughs> Greg McDermott has built a Creighton and they, uh, it's a culture where people don't want to leave. They want to stay. Now they had two guys leave last year. That was because of money chasing the NBA. You know, you're going to get that once in a while, but they, they really built a place where, um, and they have the good NIL. And I think that's what rule is going to build. He's going to get that NIL thing. They got to get that figured out. Um, and they are, but I think he's going to build a place where people want to stay. So, but yeah, I thought that was huge. Uh, will it be national championship? I know it's 97. No, but <laughs> it should be a bowl game and it should be, I, I think, I mean, I'm not going to predict anything, but I'm, I think seven or eight wins is on the table next year, given the right quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tom, we want to be respectful of your time, but it's funny you mentioned the Polini stories because our last note. Uh, I, I could keep going. I'll keep okay, going. okay, okay. Well, we wanted to make sure to have a little time to ask you about, you know, maybe favorite memories of covering a Husker uh, a Husker game or season, but also we specifically put a note in there about funny Polini stories. So let's go there. I would love to hear a bow story or two, uh, if you're willing and able to share. All right. I got a couple. Um, <laughs> okay. you remember the, um, 2013 season, um, they lose to UCLA at home. Um, and you know, Tommy Frazier says, you know, I think they should fire this guy and blah, blah, blah. And, and then there there comes out um, the audio of Bo uh, cussing people. Um, that was a radio interview that wasn't supposed to be released. Well, one of yeah. his enemies, yeah. and he had a few, uh, released it. Um, it became a big national story. Yep. And so he says, um, um, some, you know, you know, bleep. You know, Tom Chattel, you know, bleep this, yelled at Dirk and all this stuff. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta call this thing up here. Wait a minute. I don't know if you can see this or not. This is, uh, there's a, a guy in Lincoln who does t shirts. Um, he goes, I think, I can't remember his name. I think it's um, uh, Justin or Jared. He'll kill me for not knowing him. But he goes by uh, a, a triple B. Oh yeah, Josh. Yeah, sure. Triple B. Yeah. Triple B printing. Yeah. Well, he did a great t-shirt. And um, yeah, I don't know if you can see this. <laughs> okay. It's a classic. And I, I saw it on Twitter. Somebody was trying to, you know, get me all fired up. I said, Hey, I love that. I got hold of the guy. I followed him on Twitter and I get him send him a DM. And and I said, Hey, I gotta have that t-shirt. And he goes, You want one of these? I said, hell yes, I want it. And <laughs> so my, my wife wanted the bunch of my golf <laughs> shirts. Well, I, we got like 20 of those shirts. 
<laughs> so, oh, so for, for, common, for, for common fans who are listening and can't see, it was a T-shirt that basically said "Bleep Tom Chattel," uh, and there were a couple <laughs> couple letters that were uh, replaced with uh, with characters. But you get the idea. It's got Bo's face on it. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see. Oh, that. here we go. Let's see. Oh um, yeah. Oh my. Right God. where the right where the C should be. Right where know? the C. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, Bo. Beautiful. <laughs> the classic, right? So, we need to get those for the show, guys. I know. We do. <laughs> and, uh, no, we so, like Tom too much. We don't well, want to be like this. Well, thank you. Um, but a year later, um, hell, it may have been that year. Um, it was when he had the meltdown after the Iowa game, and he he dared Icors to fire him, basically. Uh, so that was the, that was the end of 2013. Yeah. Yeah. And the the regents came in and said, "No, you're not firing anybody." We are not doing down that again. And so I of course couldn't do what he was hired to do by a Perlman. But in any case, um so I'm in the with the Gator Bowl and then the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and they won I think Tommy Armstrong threw the long pass to uh uh Quincy Inawa and yep. they beat Georgia. And um so I'm not we're you know, I we did the post-game interviews. And I had and I, I wanted to I wanted to see Bo some more, so I, I I snuck into the locker room, and most players were gone, and and they had an office for the head coach and the coaches. So I went into that office, and there was Bo getting dressed. <laughs> so I go in there, and I say, "Hey, and we start talking about the game and all this stuff." I said, "Oh, by the way," and I get out the camera or the phone, and I show him that T-shirt. I said. I, I said, have you seen this? This is pretty funny. And he looks at the T-shirt and he goes, what is that? And I go, oh, some guy in Lincoln uh, made some T-shirts. People love them. It's funny. You know, my, my wife has them. It's it's great. And he goes, when did I say that? I'm going, oh, no. Come on, Bob. You know, you can't, you can't be us to be us. Or, yeah, you know. But, um, and then there was Beautiful. another time. Um, he um he disagreed with something I wrote, and he called me up. This was in January after the bowl, and and we start talking, and you know, Tom, you know me, I would never do that, or blah 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 blah, and you know, yeah, I I said, well, but I think I think in this case, I I I had to call you out on this for that, and and so he starts getting wound up, and he starts he starts. Uh, screaming at me, you know, we're on cell phones, right? I'm, I'm driving around Omaha and he's like screaming at me, he's cussing and he's going nuts. And he's, <laughs> I thought like Jerry Faust, he's in this throaty voice. I can never, you know, horse can never understand what he's saying. He's, um, <laughs> and it's like, I, I pull into high V's, I had to get some stuff for you know, home and. I said, I said, Bo, I said, if you want to have a conversation like an adult, call me back. But I hung up on it. I really <laughs> hung up on the head coach. I didn't, I didn't wow. keep going like Love that. It's it just crazy. So I go in, I get my get the stuff. I come back to the and he's he's got the, you know, I look at my phone and it's got like 10 message, 10 phone calls from Bo. He kept calling and calling to call me back. <laughs> So next time he called, I answered, I picked up and he, he said, Tom, I'm so sorry about that. And it was just like, that's Bo. He would wow. Zero do to that 16. thing. 
that you saw on the sidelines yeah. where he would just get wound up and go. And then he, he, he would immediately become the other guy. And, <laughs> and we talked for like 40 minutes on the phone about uh, where, where the program was going. So it was this guy and it was that guy. And then that's, that's what you had. Wow. Wow. Crazy. Amazing. I think, you saw, I think awesome. maybe you, you saw that in some of his teams as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I dare say. Night and day. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot to like about what they did. You he bet. just, and I think he said it to me one time, I just wear people out. I just, you know, he knew it. Um, yeah. And so, um, but, um, you know, it's uh, been a crazy, crazy time. Um, and I think about those early days, um, and just how just how spoiled I was, especially. Um, I thought it would it would it would it would last forever. And when they fired so much, I thought, well, they'll just bring somebody else in here. It's Nebraska. They're always gonna win. And <clears throat> I wish I could go back and rewrite a lot of that stuff because knowing what the program what made it work. Because we've seen the last 20 years what what, what makes it what it what makes it not work? Right. And right. I took for granted the culture, the offensive line play, the um, the fundamentals, the discipline. Yep. You know, we used to make fun of them when I covered the Big Eight in the eighties uh, in uh, uh, Kansas City. We used to make fun of Nebraska and Osborne. And just we call them robots. Um, and I was like coming to. You know, um, the the Russian front, you know, everything was cold and they didn't want to talk to you and they were <laughs> clinical and they would destroy you and they were muscle and physical and they would just, you know, the, they were ruthless and uh, they didn't make mistakes. And uh, you know, everybody loved Oklahoma. The very special would let you in the locker room. You know, I went in the Oklahoma locker room one time and He's talking to some guys, and he looks. Switzer looks at me and goes, "Hey Tom, uh, meet, meet Earth, Wind, and Fire." It's like Earth, Wind, and Fire <laughs> in the locker room talking to Switzer. You know, I, I met Earth, Wind, and Fire in the Oklahoma locker room. That's he incredible. Goes, what do you need? That's I said, awesome. I was trying to find Jamel Hallway. Where is he? Oh, he's over there. Okay, thanks. But just that was Oklahoma. You went to Oklahoma. You went out to eat and drink. The head coach was there. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, you come to Nebraska. Everything was hard to do, and you know, they didn't, you know, want you talking to certain players, and it, it just was a different feel. But you know, I just had to laugh about that when Nebraska joined the Big Ten, and every Big Ten team was more like Nebraska than Nebraska was. And Nebraska was yeah, kind of yeah. sloppy yeah. and all over the place, and mm-hmm. and um, these Big Ten teams were just pound. You know, we're doing. We take advantage. We're boring. We do all this stuff, but Nebraska was boring and disciplined and uh, physical and dominant with great players. Yep. And again, the Big Ten doesn't usually have those kind of guys, so <laughs> it was a different. But I just thinking back to those days where we had access to the greatest, one of the greatest dynasties of all time. Um, you know, me and Lee Barfnick would come to practice. Uh, Eric Olson. Uh, from the World Herald, uh, Ken Hamilton, Journal Star. And that was kind of it. And then practice was open. And, um, you know, or sometimes they would close it and and you get to show, well, you get to watch the last half hour 
But um, we had everything better to do ourselves. I mean, when remember Jason Peter, you know, giving some some freshman crap on the way off the sidelines and doing, you know, they were, you, know you, you just saw the, the 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 team at its at its best. You know, they're doing what they're doing, and um, I just think well, it's a different world now. We get about thirty to thirty five people in media. Uh, every day and, and it's everything's a press conference now you don't get to really talk to the coaches or the players yeah. i mean i used to you know, i used to drink beer with with, with mel tenniper and uh charlie mcbride and, you know you, you can never do that now um you can never meet them at berries you, know, you can never meet danny knee at berries anymore <laughs> people would be taking pictures and all this stuff and it's it's, it's a different world did i uh, read once did, did vanny used to offer you a drink when you go into his office Oh yeah, he'd have a little thing behind the behind the desk. Yeah, he'd have a little, <laughs> the cancer, some kind, of, some kind of deal. I mean, I I I I, I walked into a bar in the old market um, one Friday night, and I saw Devaney at the bar. I mean, just in the middle <laughs> of the bar, just being Bob Devaney. You could never do that now, never. No. So no. Um, those days were better. They were just they were, and I hate to say that. But they were. It was. It was. It was a great time to be a sports writer because you could, you could really talk to people. I mean, I love it. I did a thing on the nineteen seventy team and what it was like to cover that team. And Tom Ash, a famous sports writer for the World Herald, told me he used to go into the sauna with the coaches, and the coach invited him into the locker room. And he used to go <laughs> in the sauna. I mean, that's, that's, imagine that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's no. you know so. That's <laughs> it's just a, such a different world, and um, anyway, I'm, I'm way off track. <laughs> no, no you're, we, you're, we love it. We love it. Your lips to God's ears. I think you just summed up how every Husker fan feels that was, you know, remembers the 90s and was around for the last 20 or 25 years. So, Tom, we've taken uh, more than enough of your time. We cannot thank you enough for joining the common fans today. This has just been incredible insight on the current team and absolutely love the memories uh, and the stories from, from uh, all that you've seen and covered. So thank you so much, uh, Matt, Jeff, any final, any final words? Just, just story. really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Tom. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Story time with Chattel is going to be hopefully a recurring segment if you're open to it. So <laughs> thank you so much. Bring me back. I got more. I <laughs> uh, love it. Excellent. Love it. Thanks so much, Tom. As always, common fans, GBR for life. Thanks guys.